game. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Wanna suplex cats, give them belly to bats. Rock bottom, tombstone, and a sunset flip. So I need you to teach me that. No way. I wanna slam fools on the mat. Hear the crowd go wild when I win the strap. Boom, soft, sharpshooter, and a F5-2. So I need you to teach me that. Okay, what's the difference between Domino's and Pizza Hut? Um, I don't know. What's the difference? Pizza Hut's never been afraid of a little blood. <laughs> oh. Oof. Well, if you don't know what we're talking about, you missed out on a really good dynamite. Yeah. That or your uh, provider doesn't have picture in picture. Yeah. Or if you you're probably watching it on fights. Oh yeah, that's true. Um this our, past our international listeners. This past Wednesday, we had a really good, um, a really interesting main event that nobody expected on AEW Dynamite on cable television. Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho in a death match. Yeah. Would you, and would you ever thought that you would see a death match on uh, wrestling? I never thought I would hear the letters MDK uh, spoken in an entrance. Somebody repping Salbach B, you know. Yeah, I that that was a complete. That's a complete. Uh, oh, by the way, welcome to the Natural Disasters of Wrestling. Yes, in case you've forgotten who we are, I am Matt, and I'm Don. Uh, we we've been out again. Yeah, we've this been out for a, a hiatus for a while. Um, yeah, this one doesn't know how to apparently like do stuff without injuring himself. I don't know how to take a bump apparently. Yeah, like thank God. Oh my God, I can't. Like you would have probably died. Actually died in the in the death match. <laughs> I legitimately would have died in the death match. Um, I yeah. I unfortunately I've I suffered a concussion about a month, a week ago now at this point. Um, yeah, it's been a very 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 long road. Um, I I couldn't. There was times where like I couldn't even get out of bed just because my my head and everything was all pounding and I was just all disoriented. So I'm on the right path now though. I'm slowly getting better. Um, but yeah, concussions are no fucking joke. They're not. Well, I'm They're glad you're doing better because it was pretty pretty wild there for a bit, first couple weeks. Yeah. yeah, the past couple weeks have been really, really wild. Um, and we're going to be taking a like we're gonna be recording for a little bit now, but we're also gonna be taking a little bit of a hiatus towards the end of the month. Yeah. Even more, um, of a, believe it or not. Yeah, um, I am moving. Our show has state- more. Our show has more stop and go pushes than Dolph Ziggler's entire career. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I but, mean, uh, our, like our show has more stops and more stops more pauses and hiatuses and breaks between episodes than uh, Big Show has had heel face turns. Our our show has more pauses and, and hiatuses than the NWA did. Ooh. We're doing better now. Thank, thank Christ, but you know. Just, uh, our show has had more pauses and breaks between episodes than the NWA has had in members. Ooh. I was gonna make a certain joke, but I'll tell you after. It's not in good taste. Um, <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, it's yeah. You you've had a month, and you're continuing to have a month. Good things on the horizon, though. Fortunately. Yeah. Yep. 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 I mean, the sad news is, you know, hey, I got a concussion, and uh, 
I tore a muscle in my eye, which is a weird thing, which is a really, really weird thing. So like one eye, like I could see perfectly fine out of, but the other eye, like it's all just like kind of a blur. Yeah. So it's fun. It's been fun recovery to say. So I've seen, but glad you're getting better. And uh, we'll talk more about some other stuff that you're going through before we take our uh, longer hiatus. But we do have uh, a couple new things coming up as well. I am currently working on a project on uh, right now. Uh, is Don? This podcast is always going to be me and Don. Just full yeah. stop. Uh, but while Don is gone and doing other stuff, uh, I will have one or two guests on the show just to keep the podcast going. You know, keep our listener, listeners, listener. However, many people are going to listen to us afterwards. You know, happy. Uh, keep the listenership there yeah and just keep uh just you know some the creative juices flowing as they were you know just keep them dripping and moist and i'm gonna stop myself now before i I turn off everybody else (laughs) wet moist you know moist super Um, moist but yeah uh as we were talking about in the beginning uh nick gage versus chris jericho nick gage has had a really interesting week yeah Uh, before uh, Dynamite on Wednesday, well, okay, let's, let's back it up to last week. Uh, he was promoted as uh, Chris Jericho's second labor, the five labors of Jericho. Uh, he basically is, he was MJF's uh, hitman. Um, and so all week, everybody's been pumped to see what uh, AEW will let Nick Gage do and to see what Nick Gage actually does to Jericho. Um, but before that, on Saturday, which uh, just to give us put us in time it was the 24th of july um he had kind of was it was it planned or was it impromptu uh his title match at gcw um it was planned so it was planned because i remember matt cardona fussing about it Hmm. um at least a week or two out that's true Um, so nick gage and matt cardona um uh were in a gcw title match which is, of course, a death match because it's Nick Gage. And um, they've been beefing for quite a while. Nick Gage um, busted in on an episode of the, uh, was it the Matt Men podcast? Yeah. Matt Men podcast. podcast. Yeah, the live version of Matt Men podcast. And, you know, this dispute has been brewing for months and it finally culminated at a GCW event where um, Matt Cardona is now the new GCW World Heavyweight Champion. The boyhood dream comes true. If if the boy is Dexter, because there was a lot of blood. <laughs> there was a lot of blood. Matt Cardona came in with a white shirt and that thing was drenched. <laughs> he looked like he, he looked like he had stabbed the Kool-Aid man. Like yeah. could not believe Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona loves Chelsea Green every day of the week. Don, why? Why are you like this? Fuck you, you left. Uh, no. Okay, uh, <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's he, um, he won the and a lot of people. So it's weird. A lot of people were happy and a lot of people were pissed. So, I mean, that's re- there us wrestling fans as a whole in general, but. Like, how did you feel about it? You're a big Matt Cardona fan. Um, I, I mean, I love. Him, yeah, how did you feel about him stepping into 
a, a, a spot that doesn't like he's never necessarily been known as a hardcore guy well okay so here's the thing he's not necessarily known as a hardcore guy in terms of his wrestling because he came in through the system so you know he went to he started out in deep south wrestling the wwe you know developmental system back in the day and uh, he kind of like worked his way up through that into the rebranded ECW. But he's always been a hardcore wrestling fan. Like he's been to, he was at ECW One Night Stand as a fan. Like the, the first ECW One Night Stand and the second ECW One Night Stand as a fan, he was there. And he grew up watching ECW. So, you know, he is a fan of hardcore wrestling. So, you know, for him to be in a death match, like I feel like that's a childhood dream fulfilled for him. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, but it's well, even crazy. But there's a difference, though. There's a difference between ECW wrestling and and you know Nick Gage, um, you know Cactus Jack, old like really yeah. Japanese Cactus Jack deathmatch. Because like the only deathmatch yeah. that 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 um, you know WWE loyalist, ECW loyalist, the only deathmatch they had ever seen up until maybe this point was the Taipei deathmatch between uh, Axel Rotten and uh, his brother, uh, which. Yeah got pretty fucking bloody but i mean this is this this still feels out of his range i'm okay with it though like he's he's the whole thing is to get him over as he's not just a wwe copy and paste yeah like he has more depth than just you know i'm zach Ryder. um after the match um there is plenty of videos going around of the GCW fandom having an intense reaction to Matt Cardona uh, beating Nick Gage. Uh, so much so belting him with um, trash and some broken bottles, uh, some beer bottles. Um, and Dave Meltzer uh, basically uh, condemned uh, the actions of some of these fans, saying that this is like what the, like the darkest time of wrestling or some shit like that. Do you think that was an overreaction by Dave Meltzer, or do you think? Uh, the fans' reaction was a was a fair response. Um, I think it was an overreaction. I honest, uh, here's the thing. He's he. Uh, this is what I was going to kind of get to as well. So in AEW, Nick Gage is a heel. In you know GCW, he is a face. Um, on Impact, Matt Cardona is a face. In GCW, Matt Cardona is a heel. But he's a heel because. He's doing heel things, or is he a heel because he's facing the beloved, like the poster boy of GCW? Like, is he is he a heel because he's uh, he's going up against a fan favorite? It's like if you put. He, oh well, no, no, like, no! If you, it's like when I you watch anybody. I watched the pay per view. So he was a heel. I, I, yeah, he is. He was a straight up heel. Okay. He was a straight up heel. Like he was flicking off the fans before he even got into the, like when he came out to his entrance music. Uh-huh. Um, I forgot what the fuck he played. Like he played, he played some entrance music. I forgot what what the fuck it was that he played to tr- kind of troll the fans. Yeah. So he was like he was a straight up heel. Yeah. Okay. So makes sense. Um. So, so he yeah he he did his job at pissing off the fans, especially by beating Nick Gage. So Nick Gage lost his GCW championship. Uh, cut to Wednesday where he's making like one of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's his national television debut, but I mean, he is getting a pretty big spotlight on him by being in AEW. Um, yeah. And he was in the main event against the former 
and first AEW uh, World Heavyweight Champion. And, uh, you know, as far as the death match goes, uh, for something that could be shown on national television, how did you feel it went? Uh, I thought it was fucking amazing. Like, for what it was, it was amazing. I'm not too into death matches. Um, if I was a fan of death match, it was like, I would say, fuck, that was an amazing match. Yeah. Um, it's not my cup of tea per se, but like, you know, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the match. I just, you know, I could do with all of all the blood and guts on national TV. Like, I feel like oh, something like that should be saved for a pay-per-view or a major event, but I get that, you know, like AEW has all these eyes on them right now and they want to make the best of, of that opportunity. Yeah. So we're going to give you a death match on, on national TV. Uh, there's a lot of, there was, there was a, I'm glad you enjoyed I enjoyed it too. There was a couple spots where I was just like, that's a little too gratuitous. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, like it was good. Uh, there was a lot there's, of, yeah. there was a lot of mixed there's reactions a... on the internet. Uh, people saying how they loved it. And then there's a lot of people that felt that Nick Gage was held back too much because they're used to the kind of death match. Yeah. They're used to the kind of death matches that, aren't necessarily on national TV, the ones that yeah. you find underground. Yeah. You can't you you can't do GCW or something from CZW, you know, on AEW. TNT. Or you can't you can't do it. Well I mean like any cable network you can't yeah. and especially yeah. like, you can't do it in like in, in a I want you know for lack of a better word in a federation that um that that has to abide by like actual sports rules yeah you know because when you're in a big building like that like even like some like you know um like sports alliances will make you go by their rules because you're technically yeah. a sport yeah so i mean and that's like that's the same rules that wwe has to abide by too as well like whenever yeah. they whenever you're going into a ten thousand plus seat venue you have to abide by certain rules it's um, like in uh it's like in uh in new york and uh, joey styles is always famous for pointing this out that uh when they were like at the hammerstein or anything like that yeah. they had to have mats on the floor because of the new york new york athletic commission they would normally they would never have uh you know soft mats on the floor but they had they, they had to so um you know aw probably has to abide by certain rules like that so of course you were gonna get like a watered down version of something yeah um and the you know the joke that we made earlier at the begin at the top of the show. Um, during <laughs> right as they were going to commercial, uh, AEW does a picture in picture, which WWE usually doesn't. So you have obviously the ad, and then you have a small screen of what's going on inside the ring. And as Nick Gage has his pizza cutter, which he's famous, very famous for, and he starts cutting into Chris Jericho's face, an ad for Domino's appears. Um, and of course, it's purely coincidental. Hopefully, unless somebody—I mean, I highly doubt anybody at TNT was planning to was planning to air a pizza commercial during that time. Uh, but you know, I, everybody, so many screenshots of it. Uh, a lot of people found it very entertaining. A lot of people found it gross as well. Um, pizza uh, Domino's was very quick to distance themselves uh, from. Uh, the action that was in that was going on in the ring that was timed with the commercial. Uh, their spokeswoman Jenny uh, 
for Kerr Petco uh, issued to front office sports. We share the concerns expressed about this incident and the content of this TV 14 rated program and are assessing our advertising presence on it going forward. So it sounds like AEW could have almost, or maybe might have lost a sponsor. Um, which yeah. I think is an overreaction, but also I could, I can understand their, their place. Okay. So here's the thing. So, you know, Tony Khan had talking to, you know, the reps for TNT and told them, Hey, we're going to have this, like, you know, just to let you know. So, and TNT, okay. The TNT is the one who has, who puts the ad spots on there. So it's like, it's not so much on AEW. It's more on TNT. Yeah. Remember anytime that any of this stuff happens on, on these networks, the WWE, AEW always has to let the, the network that they're on know what's going on. Yeah. They're very much in like, you know, the, the network is very much in control as much as you would say uh, Tony Khan or Vince McMahon is. Yeah. Um, and it's it's interesting, like just it's it just really interesting, like the the amount of uh, the amount of control that they have. I mean, you're messing with millions of dollars, especially millions yeah. of dollars of ad revenue. So of course they're gonna need. Uh, to know what's going on and have that control but you know i think domino's is a little uh, you know kind of they sounded very very serious but also i think it's a little bit of an uh, overreaction um yeah. uh john moxley uh was interviewed on cincy 360 and um he kind of said that you know domino's needs to chill out um uh, he, this is a quote from, from John Moxley on this podcast. Domino's Pizza needs to chill out. They need to chill, man. It was a coincidence. You know what? Jump on the bandwagon, man. You don't think Nick Gage can sell some pizzas for you? Come on. You know that the Noid is played out at this point, and you're bringing back the Noid? Come on. I saw on Twitter or Tumblr or somewhere that said that uh, when Domino's was distancing themselves from the situation, uh, Pizza Hut should have uh, retweeted it and just said, cowards. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I, that I would have bought like an extra like Hershey's pizza or whatever the fuck they're selling. No, yeah, you know what this means though. We're probably just gonna get more Papa John ad spots. Oh, I can't. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Don, but we are never getting Papa John's money because uh, I. Mm, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm with you on this. I don't want I, their sponsorship money. I don't know anybody, anybody who willingly says, "Hey, let's go to Papa John's." Uh, if, okay, like I, I think I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I never talked to you about it. Um, I had a I had a friend die a few years ago, pass away, and um, was it from Papa John's Pizza? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Uh, it's a joke. It's a joke. Uh, <laughs> we're not getting sued. That's a joke. Um, somebody uh, to console us bought a bunch of pizzas from Papa John's. And I looked at it, and then I looked at it. I was just like, I'd rather just let me be depressed now. Okay, depressed. Like, what the fuck? You give me. I'm in the worst state of my life right now, and you're giving me Papa John's. Uh, God. Um, but yeah. Uh, so that went really well. Uh, I personally enjoyed it. Uh, the death match between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage. Um. MJF was, immediately yeah. came out and issued the third labor of Jericho, which is a blast from his past, 
Uh, Juventud Guerrera. Yeah. I, if you would have asked me a year ago, would I have ever thought Juventud Guerrero would be in, would be in AEW? In any American laughed. promotion. Yeah, I would have fucking laughed, but here we uh, are. How do you feel about the, the placing of this? Do you feel that Hoovy is, it's like, would you have done Hoovy first and then Nick Gage? Because like you have, you brought Nick Gage as your second labor. Like that kind of sets, like you have to have a high bar now. That sets up yeah. a high bar for viewers for labors three, four, and five. So here's my thoughts on the whole labors of Jericho thing. Um, I think we're slowly going, it's a, this is slowly Chris Jericho's retirement. This is either his um, retirement or this is just a, a, a small, like a good send off for a long while. Yeah. Because, well, yeah, because, I mean, you got to keep in mind, he also has fuzzy, fuzzy stuff he has to do. Um, but, like, you know, because, like, this week we got the Paymaker. We're having one of his best rivalries next week. So it's like, I feel like we're going to get to see, like, a lot of the different versions of Jericho. Which kind of yeah. leads me into, uh, you know. To the thought process. Next, yeah, my thought process is, like, you know, will we get the best in the world Jericho versus someone else who's the best in the world? I've uh, I've seen the same sentiment a couple of places also, and I, I agree with you. This is either going to be retirement or this is going to be a really good send off for a bit, you know, maybe like a year or two without Jericho, or at least Jericho in the ring, because um, Jericho is an excellent commentator. Like he makes a show really interesting as a commentator, um, yeah. or even like just as a as a manager, you know, somebody to build up a younger talent. Like if you keep him with Santana and Ortiz, well, no, Santana does have Conan now again. Um, yeah. But if you keep him with Sammy, or if you bring somebody, you know, you pair him up with somebody else, you could do a lot of good. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. Oh, real, real quick thing too um, about the about the whole Domino's things. PBR tweeted out, um, you know, if the same Domino's AEW, let's get those spots. <laughs> and then the uh, posted a Twitter picture of a Pep's blue ribbon pizza cutter. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, Jer I was gonna say Jericho as 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 a human being, like you know, when he you yeah. Jericho outside of wrestling, kind of a weirder dude. Uh, not the views he would think he would have, but as as a as a wrestler, uh, and as uh, you know, as a mentor, like he has a lot to offer. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens after these five labors. Um, let's talk about the beginning of Dynamite because I think that was the best part of the whole entire. Holy shit! Yeah, we had. Uh, the ten man tag, uh, the Dark Order, uh, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and uh, Hangman Adam Page versus the Elite Squad, uh, which was Nick and Matt Jackson, uh, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, Doc Gallows, um, and uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, ten on uh, five Luke on five. Uh, I know. I keep wanting to say Luke Gallows, but Doc Gallows now. Um, um, the stipulation was if the elite win, or no, no, I'm sorry. If the Dark Order and Hangman win, uh, Hangman challenges Kenny Omega and the Dark Order, uh, one pair of them gets a shot at Nick and Matt's AEW World Tag Team Championships. If yeah. uh, the elite win, uh, they, they don't get the title, the Dark Order doesn't get the title match, and Hangman loses his spot. Yeah. I believe that's the wording. It's not that he can't ever challenge Kenny Omega, he just loses his spot. High stakes. Very high stakes, and uh, they started out very high pay-per-view quality. 
Yeah. Uh, the entrances. Dude, the engines for the Dark Order and Hangman was very made me very emotional. Yeah. I could not believe uh, they, you know, they had a spotlight on them. They made some custom music, some custom cowboy music for the Dark Order and Hangman. Uh, spotlights came on for all members of the Dark Order until they did the last spotlight for Hangman. Hangman coming out from the middle like a leader, all dressed in purple, black, purple and black, the Dark Order colors, with Hangman with a little bit of green on him. Yeah. A very interesting color choice for Hangman. He was the only one with green. Um, it was, it, it was great. It, it was, it was emotional. Like it was such an emotional entrance. I was like, oh, this is so good. This, this is Hangman's moment. It was so hype. It was Hangman's. It was the Dark Order's moment. Let's be real here. Yeah, it was and dark. They, and then they did the part where the you know the the Dark Order does their their hand sign. Uh, Han- Hangman does his. I was honestly expecting for a moment for him to do the Dark Order sign too. Um, you know, I, we're one, I feel like we were one step closer to to Hangman being the leader of the Dark Order, the new leader of the Dark Order. Um, the Elite uh, came out as the Elite Goon Squad. Um, of course, TNT, uh, AEW is on TNT, which is part of Warner Media, who is who has put out Space Jam 2. So there was kind of a cross promotion between AEW and uh, Space Jam. Uh, they even played the whole "Y'all Ready for This," and uh, it was funny because once that music kicked in, the crowd popped. Like yes. they hated the elite, but once that spot happened, they the, they popped. You was, can't like you can't play that music and not expect that reaction. Oh man, it was great. Um, really good match. A little odd pacing. The the one thing that I know everybody has a problem with, especially with AEW and multi-man tag matches is that there seems to be no rules or the rules yeah. really really bend yeah. uh, did you have a problem with that watching this i did not I, I didn't really have a problem with that um i but uh so i i didn't have any issues with it my biggest thing was like it was very very cartoonish which is a complete contrast of what you got at the end of the show which you got but that just gets to show you the variety you get within AEW. Yeah. Um, we go to, uh, it was a really good match. Uh, kind of evenly, you know, it, it was pretty even. Uh, at one point we had three on three until it, we had three on one, which was Bat and Nick and Kenny Omega against Hangman Page all on his own. And, yep. you know, um, Hangman Page kind of held his own for a bit until it took some cheating on the elites part, of course, to take Hangman down and, you know, something that everybody was really hyped for, something that everybody was really excited for emotionally. Everybody, like, you know, a lot, if not even without, even without watching BTE, I knew a lot of people were emotionally invested in it because Hangman has been over since the inception of AEW. Since that very first title match between, uh, you know, him and Jericho. And, you know, to, to see this to see him lose and lose that spot again you know brought it sucked the air of the arena you could hear everybody just you know how disappointed they were do you feel that this is the right call and do you feel that you know this call was you know there was an audible made regarding with all the rumors that we've been hearing do you think that had to play in it one how did you feel two did the rumors of who's coming in play a role in it I don't think those those rumors played a role into it. Um, I think, I I again, they're trying to tell a story here, and it's because you know you're you're expecting him to win, 
you're expecting him to go over in this match. And when he doesn't go over, you're like, holy shit, that's a swerve. Like, you know, they're they're crafting a story here. And it's like, okay, what happens in this next chapter now? Like, I'm excited to see what happens next in this chapter. Because um, it's, I don't, you know, it's more than likely that Hangman's not going to be doing anything in the title picture for All Out. Um, now, does that mean he's not going to be doing something like at, say, for example, Revolution or uh, Full Gear? Like, I feel like Full Gear would kind of be the the prime spot for him to to kind of get that spotlight and title win, just yeah. because it's a it's a pay per view that's actually kind of sort of named named after him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um. I don't know, like, do you, like, I saw a lot of people have the sentiment of, like, you know, you, you fuck with the fans' emotions this much, and then they kind of lose interest, like, and I'll give you the, the example of, um, of the Miz and Damian Mizdow, like, you know, once Miz, once, uh, once Mizdow, you know, started getting a lot of traction, a lot of popularity, you know, you were waiting for so long, for so long, for months, you know, for Miz, for Miz to finally turn turn on Miz and just become his own person because he was white hot with the fans, even as a mid card, he was just white hot. And they waited until like it started like what before SummerSlam, and they waited all yeah. the way until WrestleMania to, to pull the to pull the trigger on it. And by then, yeah. not many people cared. And even then, he didn't even win because like he turned on Miz by eliminating him in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but he didn't even win. You know, so there's really no reason to do that in the first place or to do it then when he could have done a lot sooner. Do you think that they're just waiting too long to pull the trigger on Hangman? Or do you no. think that, you know, they need, they, you know, after two years, they need to let this, you know, stew more? There's, there's it's been going on for two years. Yeah, it's been going on for two years, but it's it's been a well, well, well played out story so far. I have faith in the story process of it. Um, just because, like, you know, it's it's been a long two-year story storyline, but it's been an emotionally invested storyline because, like, if you're not even even if you're not watching BTE, like, it's still a good like it's a fantastic storyline, and like I feel like it. So because of the heel shenanigans that you know happened, yeah. like it's still it still has you know he hasn't got his he hasn't got they Lee haven't got their comeuppance yet from him. Like the only way I see this like kind of, you know, like finally closing off is if they do a blood and guts match. Um, Because, you know, there's five people in the elite. There's obviously more than enough people in the elite and there's more than enough people then in Dark Order to do that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Dave Meltzer on the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter says that it actually probably it, it seemed like Adam Page was the initial challenger for Kenny Omega at All Out, but obviously that's changed. Um, mm. And he does speculate that um, you know the all but certain CM Punk debut at the first dance episode of Rampage might have played a part in that. So that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, personally, I don't expect. CM Punk to go into the title picture immediately, but who knows? Um, 
but yeah, so overall, you you seem okay with it. I I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wanted mm. that emotional, like finally, you know, Hangman's gonna get his due and the Dark Order because the Dark Order's had a hell of a year. Yeah, you know, like they. And it, it's interesting to see the rise of the Dark Order from, you know, nobody really know who knowing who the fuck they were at their debut at Double or Nothing in 2019. To kind of having like a weird, like messed up spot at one of the dynamites where uh, one of their creepers like kind of was pretend punching <laughs> Dustin uh, to you know gaining popularity on BTE to them losing you know the the core and the heart of who was making them popular, which was Brody Lee, you know, uh, at the end of of twenty twenty, and then just kind of in this is this limbo where they're fan favorites because. They have sympathy because of losing uh, of losing Brody, of genuinely being entertaining online, and then being paired with one of the most over singles competitors in AEW. I just I just want them to see I just want to see them succeed. You know, and I kind of feel like I'm getting blue ball blue balls a bit from having to wait so long. Oh. You know all about blue balls. I, I, I do. I'm not going to say how, but I do. Um, <laughs> moving on to the rest of the show. The rest of the show is pretty good. Um, uh, the se- I feel really bad for Ricky Starks because his segment really fell flat after that letdown yeah. of the tag. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens with that. Uh, all throughout the show, um, they basically were teasing you know, CM Punk um, with the uh, with the announcement of of AEW Rampage being at the Horizon or what's it called? No, uh, not not at the United, Horizon. It's the United Center. The United Center in Chicago. Um, yeah. You know, Darby Allen talking about being at the first dance and saying that you know AEW is the best place for people to truly prove that you are the best in the world. All but calling out CM Punk. Yeah. Um, you know, Nick Jackson doing that needed the quarter um, bulldog combo during the 10-man tag and MJF even alluding uh, using some of uh, CM Punk's pipe bomb yeah at the beginning. promo yeah during his promo introducing Juventud Guerrera um, so the the other thing too is they're calling this you know AEW Rampage the first dance um, and you know the there was the Netflix or sorry not Netflix the ESPN documentary on Michael Jordan's on Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls last year was called uh, the Last Dance, so it is a play off of that. Uh, and then you have to keep in mind like so there's that there's that whole factor. A couple of days ago, CM Punk posted on Instagram. Um, it was the intro to the Chicago Bulls theme song. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just all, an all black screen. He just kind of, you know, posted that onto social media, which I mean, you know, no, go on, sorry. Which which people were just like, you know, like holy shit, like is this it? Is this it? Um, then you have a, in in Living Color, the band who does his theme song, Cult of Personality, started following AEW on Instagram and Twitter, <laughs> and it's like. It's like all the signs, pretty much. Like if he is, if he is, and then you know they announced this AEW the first dance, which takes place August twentieth, which is roughly about 
uh, I want to say two weeks before um, before All Out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't remember the exact date of All Out. I want to say it's the... yeah, it's two, it's two, it's two weeks before. Yeah, so the first dance is on the twentieth. Two weeks afterwards is All yeah. Out. Yeah, and so keep in mind, All Out tickets went on sale today. I want to say a month ago. No, no, All Out went on sale a month oh, ago. All out, yeah, All Out went out on sale a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. All that went on sale a month ago, and you know that's that's happening on the what was it the the fifth of uh, September? I believe so. Yes. And then you have a, another AW Rampage on September third. You have Dynamite on September first, and all those tickets went on sale about a month ago. So this was just kind of thrown in there, very, 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 very last minute. And you got to keep figure that like if it's taking place on the twentieth, like and they're coming back to Chicago again in, in two weeks for a whole week's worth of tapings, like shows and tapings that you know there's something major happening. And United Center is the home of the Chicago Bulls, whereas All Out and all the other Dynamite stuff is happening at the now at the now Center, which is the formerly known as the Sears Center. Where we saw um, All In, correct? Correct. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a pretty small, um, small stadium. Yeah. Um, pre-sale for uh, the first dance edition of Rampage went on sale this morning, and fans bought over 10,000 tickets. Sorry, it's been updated to 12,500. All right, cool. So uh, the capacity for uh, the United Center is 23,500. Uh, and obviously, this is just pre-sale. Uh, so obviously tickets were held back for the general public, which goes on sale Monday. So if if it was up to it was up to everybody on presale, they would have sold out. Yeah, if uh, like when I bought my I bought my tickets in the presale today for the show, and like uh, what I, what happened was they gave you kind of like the best seats that they could give you, which was for us was with nosebleed seats, so it was like the three hundred section, which whatever, like I'll take it. Better than nothing. Yeah. Better than nothing, like I'll take it, like because they they were selling hot, and apparently the building is only going to hold up to fifteen thousand people. Oh, okay. So I'm sure. Oh, so another thing too, um, you know, we are unfortunately still in pandemic. Um, we are still, as um, you know, stadiums and concerts are kind of going back to quote unquote normal. Uh, we do yeah. have here in America and probably in a, a few other countries the Delta variant. Um, and it seems to be spreading pretty bad, pretty fast. Um, that's probably why they're going to keep it at about 15,000. But do you think, what do you think happens if Delta, um, you know, kind of fucks this over? Because it looks like a lot of, uh, you know, so people, uh, states and cities and businesses are now requiring masks again uh, before they were letting people go maskless, especially those that were uh, vaccinated. Um, but now everybody's masking, making people mask up again. Um, do you see uh, shows being canceled? What happens to this if the show ends up having to be moved back to, let's say, Daily's place? Uh, how do you feel? How do you figure AEW moves on from this? What's the contingent? Do you think? Okay, so currently here in Chicago we have Lollapalooza, and there is absolutely nothing. Like nobody is, nobody's really social distancing in Chicago. Nobody's really wearing masks. I have the, um, I have the, the live screen. You see a lot. Like, I'd say maybe like 5%, 10% of the crowd has a mask on. 
Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they, you know, there's still not a risk, a high risk. Yeah. Um, I don't. So I think up until September, like unless things dramatically get worse over the next couple of weeks, I think everything up until September is kind of still good to go. I think that's another reason why I kind of threw this together so hastily was to get him out there before to get that buzz, to capitalize on that buzz. In case anything does happen. Yeah. Because I think the original, I'm pretty sure the original plan was to hold it out until like all out or the dynamite for all out. Mm. But uh, yeah, and this is, you know, this is was thrown really together really, really quickly. So they want to capitalize on the buzz. Um, um, but I think like here in Illinois, it's really like the the cases, you know, aren't the cases have kind of been steady. They haven't been on a rise too much in Illinois. Um, you know, that being said, like all the states around us, like it's been kind of sketchy, but you well, know, the, the other thing to, to consider is like with AEW, they always they have the contingency plan of going back to Daly's place. Yeah. That's something WWE doesn't really have because they're kind of stupid and they don't have like Vince McMahon is kind of stupid and doesn't have like a venue to just kind of hold things in. Like he has a performance center, but well, to be fair, know, he, like yeah, they have the performance center and they did rent out uh, a couple of stadiums for Thunderdome, but uh, yeah. you know, they, they didn't have the luxury of already owning a sports team that has a home field where yeah. it's, it's not like Tony Khan thought of that, you know you know when he bought initially AEW when he found yeah. AEW like he just happened to have a dad who owns an NFL team that has a fucking big ass stadium with yeah. a smaller outdoor venue on the side yeah and so, I mean he does it's it's not that Vince is stupid in that sense it's just that he never felt the need to have it because nobody yeah. ever foresaw something just, like that happening fair that's fair and um you know uh, apparently, according to, uh, I don't remember if it was Meltzer, I don't remember if it was somebody else, uh, so I apologize for this, but uh, they are looking into about six or seven venues right now to have Thunderdome again if they need it. Uh, so, you know, everybody's kind of kind of preparing for the worst again, just in case. And that's not saying, you know, we're going to go into lockdown again. I highly doubt we are, um, just because of, you know, just how selfish a lot of people are. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, th these are things to consider, um, especially as, you know, people are getting sick again. And, you know, hopefully everybody out there that's listening to this is safe and, you know, you do what you got to do. Take care of yourself and your family. Uh, you know, and a lot of talk has been has been up for CM Punk. Uh, we are forgetting that or, you know, he's kind of slid down the rumor mill a bit. Daniel Bryan. And yeah. Apparently, Daniel Bryan's deal has been done uh, as opposed to CM Punk's, who, as far as I, I heard, you know, CM Punk still hadn't technically signed, but that was maybe a few days ago before Daniel yeah. uh, Where as, do you think Daniel Bryan fits into all this? Um, it's where Daniel Bryan fits into all this is kind of interesting. Like, you have one of the best wrestlers in the world, and, I mean, you have a lot of, like, you have so much amazing talent now. And like Daniel Bryan's one of the best in the world. Like you could have him, I wouldn't put him necessarily in the 
world title picture right away. I put him in that new New Japan title scene. So put him in the US title scene for New Japan. Imagine him versus Lance Archer. Imagine him versus Tanahashi. I just blew your mind. You just made me come. <laughs> so as well as all the stuff that we've been talking about on AEW Dynamite, um, Hiroshi Tanahashi made his AEW debut kind of via video um, yeah. saying that he was going to challenge the um, the winner of uh, Lance Archer versus Hikaleo, who was the so- other son of uh, King Haku. Yeah. Uh, you know, they had an IW- a, uh, IWGP United States Championship match on Dynamite, which is really good. Um, Lance Archer um, won, retained his title. So, uh, Later that night, after Dynamite ended, um, New Japan announced that at NJPW Resurgence, which is happening at the LA Col- at the Torch at the LA Coliseum on August 14th, which I am going to, thanks to my wonderful girlfriend, uh, we are going to see an IWGP United States Championship match between uh, Lance Archer and Hiro- Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi. Are you excited for that? I am super excited. I, dude, I texted my girlfriend and I was just like, you don't understand. Like, this is, and I hate doing this, making this comparison, but I had to make it for her to understand. This is like the new Japan version of John Cena. It is. It really is. Um, and wait, think about this. In your lifetime, you've been able to see the Rainmaker. I mean, was able to see Kenny Omega. I've seen Kenny Omega. I've seen, it's- um, fuck. Uh, I don't want to say any wrong names because the names that obviously we've canceled. Uh, I've seen uh, Christopher Daniels, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen The Rock, I've seen The Rock multiple, you know, a couple times, mm-hmm. um, now I'm going to see Hiro, uh, Hiro, Hiro, Hiroshi Tanahashi, is it Hiromu or Hiro? Tanahashi. Tanahashi, we'll just say Tanahashi. Tanahashi, I feel so bad. you um, also seen Kodo, Kodo Ibushi. Most importantly, yes. Um, I, I hope he gets better. Hiroshi Tanahashi. I've been saying everybody. Hiroshi yeah. Tanahashi. Um, yeah, apparently Abushi uh, caught uh, pneumonia. Yeah. He thought it was uh, COVID for a bit, but he caught a really bad case of pneumonia. And that guy has been through a lot. He's injured himself so many times, and then to actually get like sick, sick is, is very unfortunate. Um, and uh, ammonia sucks. Like, I've had it, and it sucks. Yeah, it's, it's not a fun deal. So I hope for his video recovery, but before we even, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi is challenging Lance Archer before the main event of Dynamite. Um, John Moxley also had an interview where he called out Tanahashi, saying how Tanahashi was a coward for not, you know, answering his call, for not answering his challenge, because obviously he can't go to Japan, but now all of a sudden, you know, Tanahashi is going to be out here. Challenging Lance Archer because he was scared of Moxley. I have a feeling that Moxley is gonna run in at a resurgence. I, I can see that. I, I once I once I put the pieces together in my mind, I'm like, oh dear God, this is gonna be so cool. I'm probably gonna freak out with my my girlfriend with how excited I am when that <laughs> happens. Um, there there's so many good things going on in, in wrestling right now. Uh. Honestly, and like even with that, I was kind of low key uh, hoping that Daniel Bryan would show up at Resurgence, because if if New Japan and AEW have a, a a thing going on together that involves Daniel Bryan, I feel 
personally, it makes a whole lot of sense to have them show up at like one of their first crowded shows in America because how much like press is that going to get? Like how, so how high much press would that be? Um, it, Here's gonna, no, it, this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. Like it really is. Like who would would you ever think on a Wednesday night you would see the Impact Tag Tag Champions? The Impact Tag Champions in a match with the Impact and AEW champion, as well as the AEW Tag Champions. And then a New Japan title change hands. Our New Japan title be defended on, on, on a American different college. Yeah. It's crazy. I would have never have thought to see this. Uh, real quick, let's, I'm going to tell you some of the people that are uh, advertised for resurgence. Um, and this is old because they still list John Moxley as the United States heavyweight championship. But um, John Moxley, Jay White, Filthy Tom Lawler, uh, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson. Um, Finn Juice. Shuda Aminu, Ren Narita, Carl Fredericks, Carl Connors, Alex Coughlin, Hikaleo, who has been using apparently the old uh, Gorillas of Destiny theme. Um, yeah. Fred Rosser, Leo Rush. Um, he retired, didn't he? Leo Rush? Yeah. I thought he did. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're still advertising him. Uh, Brody King, Chris Dickinson, TJP, and Junior Kratos. I need to find the actual card because this, well, that was updated in July. So let me see. Right now they have uh, Alex Coughlin versus Carl Fredericks. Fred Rosser and Rocky Romero and Wheeler Yuta versus TJP, Clark Connors and Ren Narita. Uh, Jay White with Guido versus David Finley with Juice Robinson for the Never Openweight Championship. And then Lance nice. Archer with Jake the Snake Roberts. I'm going to see Jake the Snake Roberts versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. There's supposed to be like 10 or 12 matches. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's going to be a lot. Like it'll probably get announced this week. A lot of the matches are going to get announced this week, so. Um, yeah, the first uh, American New Japan uh, show. I am, uh, I am pumped. Um, real quick on the WWE side because you know we have to. Um, By the way, did you know WWE does not consider AEW competition? Um, the only con- con- competition. I'm sorry, Vince McMahon doesn't consider AEW competition. AEW doesn't. Um, consider AEW uh, competition because they are not on uh, the level that WCW was. Do you want to read the quote or do you want, or do you want me to read it? Um, I could, I'm reading Sean Rastap's recap of it. Uh, this McMahon says he isn't sure what AEW plans are. He wouldn't consider them competition the way WCW was back in the day. He doesn't consider this competition the way Ted Turner came at WWF with all their assets. Mm-hmm. Nick Khan said he and WWE doesn't don't look for any specific or doesn't look at any specific organizations competition when asked about AEW. They they see sleep sleep and every form of entertainment as competition. This McMahon and AEW. I'm not sure what the investments are when it comes to their talent. Perhaps we can give them some more. Yeah, they uh, yeah Nick Khan uh, sees sleeping and texting more competitions than AEW itself. Um, yeah. and you know he he even said. Uh, during an investor call that 
at the time, at the same time, everything is our competition. So someone had a line a couple weeks ago that we all chuckled about and agreed with. Sleep is our competition, right? If it was up to us, people could be up 24 hours a day watching content from different content providers, hopefully including ours. So we don't look at any organization particularly as competition, yet we see everything as competitive with what we're trying to do in terms of eyeballs. So they're not specifically saying, hey, AEW's competition. They're like, Disney Plus is our competition. Netflix is our competition. You know, books are a competition. You know, anything yeah. that's not, you know, and it, that's a scary thing too, is that, you know, if it really was up to them, like, you know, people would just be consuming, consuming, consuming all these streaming platforms 24 hours of the day. And quite literally, you could if you wanted mm-hmm. to, but you would go insane. Insane, yeah. Um, but that being said, like, I don't think they should sleep too hard on that because, uh, you know, they're, especially when you say something like when it comes to their talent, perhaps we can give them some more, like, like you should probably choose those. You should probably think about that a little more wisely. Yeah. Um, that's so weird. I, I don't know. I, you know. I think they're really trying to underplay what AEW is doing. And they're right in a sense too, that, mm-hmm. you know, WCW had the full backing of Ted Turner and time and, you know, Warren media. Um, yeah. So, and AEW does, they, they have the backup of the people who run the network, but they don't have like all the money that Ted Turner had, uh, you know, at the beginning of WCW. So in time, I think, they will finally recognize AEW as competition, but right now, like, there's no reason for Vince to fear anything. Um, Sasha Banks made a return tonight on SmackDown. Uh, she made a return to uh, save Bianca Belair, but then immediately turn on Belair. Uh, of course. Showing that she doesn't, you know, she holds grudges. Uh, <laughs> so we can still get heel Sasha Banks. Uh, officially, we have John Cena versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Uh, Finn Balor wanted to make his presence known and challenge Roman Reigns, but you know, Cena's getting that top spot, which honestly, fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I mean, I'm okay with this. Honestly, I'm just more worried about how the hell Cena got out of that that Bray Wyatt space. How he got, you know, he was basically like, uh, you know, condemned to damage to the shadow zone. Yeah. I want to know how he got out. That's the more interesting story. Like, how the fuck did you get out of there? Um, but that's something we'll never know, um, unfortunately. Um, um, also backstage tonight was Aaliyah. Um, Aaliyah, Austin Theory, Odyssey Jones were all backstage right backstage during SmackDown tonight. Those have been the names that we've been hearing consistently through Dave Meltzer and Sean Ross uh, along before Karrion Cross made his uh, main roster debut. Uh, so those By the way... How did you feel about Karrion Cross's debut? Um, uh, okay, so I I was so confused why Scarlett wasn't with him. Um, I don't know how I felt about him losing to Jeff Hardy of all people. Why are you gonna? I mean, I understand that Jeff Hardy is a is a veteran, um, but I that's not the person I would have paired him up with, especially when he's the NXT champion and you're yeah. making him lose. You know, it 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 makes the brand look weak. Um, and apparently, according to Meltzer, the plan was before 
uh, Jeff Hardy caught COVID and had to quarantine. The plan was to keep Karrion Cross losing until Scarlett joined him on the main roster. Which I don't, I don't agree with. It's such a weird booking decision, um, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I, I've, you know, you either keep him on NXT or you just make the full jump to to Raw or SmackDown or wherever we're gonna put him. But like, to, don't make your own champion look weak. Yeah, you know. I agree. Um, anything else before we take off? Raw still sucks. Raw still sucks. SmackDown is the place to be, apparently, if you're in the WWE. Um, Natalia Nightheart's going undergoing surgery. Uh, yep. She had a pretty nasty uh, bump this past week. Um, nobody really knows how serious it is, but she is getting surgery. Uh, she, I believe it's her... It's not her ACL. She didn't say... Yeah, she's not even she's saying what it was, but yeah, she has. They hasn't said what it is, but it's it's a it's a leg injury. That's all we know. It's yeah. in her. Uh, yeah, it's in her calf to her ankle area. So, we'll we'll have to wait and see. A picture of her and uh, T.J. Wilson. Yes. Um. You know, uh, in the doctor's office. So you know, and she is currently one half of the tag team championships of the tag team champions, women's tag team champions. So hopefully, uh, she recovers quickly and. Makes a full recovery. Yep. Um, uh, also, also uh, since moving to Peacock, WWE, uh, WWE's uh, views for their pay-per-views have gone up over 46% from the standalone network. But, you know, also Peacock sucks, so. Peacock is ass. I'm sorry. It is ass. Oh, my God. Watching Money in the Bank was hard to watch. Uh, yeah, they did have a... They apparently did have uh, server streaming issues, and they had to switch over to the international feed in order to fix them. Yeah. Um, I, I still uh, detest the fact that WWE got rid of their their own streaming service. But, I mean, the things we do for money, right? Yeah. Uh, where can they find you on the interwebs? You can find me at Eldon Brujo, E-L-D-O-N-B-R-U-J-O. And that's across all social media platforms. That's including my Discord as well as as well as uh, Reddit. So yeah. Uh, I am pending 257 on Twitter. And you can also find me on our podcast, Twitter and Facebook, TNDW Podcast. Uh, where you can ask us questions, you can make comments, you can tell us how much we suck, you can tell me how good Donald sucks. Um, if you've been, been behind the CVS, uh, right when you get off the fucking subway station, um, or you can, you know, just <laughs> use a chat with us. I'm surprised uh, you remember that CVS. That CVS will haunt me. <laughs> um, you know, just like uh, every single Monday Night Raw, would you call this an episode? I'd say it's a fucking disaster. <laughs>